I'm all for Yumi's journey here because we have to keep this book safe because I cannot imagine going up to the double digits of our ruinations. All right. Like, I can't keep up with the number of ruinations we've introduced already. Okay. Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 99. I'm your host, Ryan, here at the other host, Edge. Yes, yes, only 99 episodes. All of our extracurricular stuff means nothing. This is the number <laughs> we care about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, technically, this is like 120-something, but hey, we just put out so much content that we're, we're like handicapping ourselves at this point, right? It's just like, you gotta let other people catch up. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we're, we're, we're playing nice. That's all this is. <laughs> playing ball, baby. Uh, but yeah, let's you know, listen. Housekeeping, that's never going to change. Um, you can listen to us everywhere. You can send us an email at podcastcore at gmail.com. Visit us at podcastcore.com. Uh, and that's C-O-R, by the way. If you haven't figured, I realized I haven't been saying C-O-R. And I wonder if people are typing in podcast core and like, well, fuck it. Can't find it. Like spelling core correctly, yeah. <laughs> I, I, like now, now that it's like you, you've discovered this. Like after this episode, we're just going to explode because it's like, oh god, I was spelling <laughs> it wrong this whole time. <laughs> we, I should probably try to buy that domain as well if it doesn't exist. Just oh my god! <laughs> but you can find us at podcast corp c o r at dot com. For all of our info, that's where all of the platforms we appear on are there as well. It's an easy link. Uh, Leave a like, a review, a comment. We appreciate those. Uh, But the easiest way that's gotten us this far is word of mouth. So tell a friend to avoid having to be literate by listening to the Casuals of Rutero podcast. Don't do that. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Literacy is a good thing, Ryan. That's it. Scratch the whole episode. I won't be a part of this fighting against literacy listen let's get into this listen yumi yumi is not very exciting on the surface um yumi is kind of a uh it's a whimsical story it's a story about friendship uh and one that leads one on a journey and then we get some cameos from other places so Yumi kind of functions as a character, which as her support character. So if you play League of Legends, Yumi's a support character that is very unique in the play style and kind of for games of that style really impressed people because she attaches herself to another player and you play as almost like an assist character on that player. Um, and the way she behaves in the story, the way she behaves in the game of Runeterra as well uh, is the same. So that's yeah, neat I, that they were able to translate I, it. Yeah, I was about to point out that like it's the same way in the game of Runeterra as well because it, in, when Yumi was released, it introduced the new keyword attach, uh, and so if anyone who's been playing Runeterra has run into at least one Pantheon deck with a Yumi, and you just watch this Pantheon get to disgusting heights, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, it, it is a thing where Yumi being that kind of support play style, the story kind of matches. You know, it's the story's there. You know, we need to know more about Yumi. Uh, but it, it's kind of funny because we kind of learn more about Nora than anything else yeah. <laughs> in Yumi's story. Uh, but, you know, like once we get past that, that's when we get into, you know, more of the meat because it's like Yumi can go anywhere. So 
it's important to know uh, this core detail about Yumi so that we can enjoy stories later on. Uh, but uh, one, let's take a look at a couple cards because, uh, like, you know, this is kind of a spoiler to the cards, too. Uh, it was slim pickings for some of these, uh, most yeah. specifically for the spells. And uh, anyone who's played a lot of Yumi in the Legends of Runeterra card game will know that the spells, you're not really picking Yumi synergistic cards there. You're picking things because the, it's the followers is where it's at for the play style. And uh, the, so the spell that I've got today is going to be the Prowling Projectile. So this is a two-mana fast spell, and it has Grant an Ally plus one plus zero and deal one damage to an enemy. Uh really in reality this is one of those spells that like you really only see play in yumi decks and it's not because it works well with yumi it's because it's a yumi signature spell and <laughs> so it's like oh i already have a yumi in play Pull, perfect prowling projectile uh that said like the word grant is important here so this isn't just like a one-time combat trick so you don't feel too bad about having to shuffle a yumi back into your deck because you're getting that boosted damage permanently but otherwise you'd rather have pokey stick in hand because at least pokey stick draw you know kind of cantrips itself but uh that the 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 flavor text on this is really just going to give you an insight into Yumi as a character before we get into her story, because uh, it is just a direct quote from from Yumi, and it's just zoom. <laughs> <laughs> and, and all cat owners know that uh, the zoomies are real. <laughs> yeah, Yumi is is an interesting character. Um, I think she has the most personality in Legends of Runeterra, which makes sense just how they, or not Legends of Runeterra, but actually the story elements, right? We'll get to see her adventurous nature that comes out, uh, and then we get to talk about the Book of Threshold holds. But and yeah, and speaking of character, you know, like it's going to take us to our follower because a lot of the characters are um, the side, like the NPCs, if you will, uh, surrounding Yumi. They have a lot of character themselves too. So uh, the follower that I picked today is going to be the Quick Quill. All right, so Quick Quill is a two mana one one with quick attack and attach. Uh, now, if we uh, I don't think I've like spelled out attach yet, but attach units are followers that you can play for their mana cost onto an already active follower. So you can put them on a follower that's in play and that follower will get the keywords and stats from the attached unit. And when that follower dies or leaves play, you will recall the attached unit. Um, I, I'm actually a, like a big fan of the way they've worked attach into this game because it, uh, for me personally, I come mostly from Magic the Gathering and every equipment and aura deck uh, out there knows that the problem uh, with those decks is that removal spells are basically a two for one in your opponent's favor. And that's at best, because worst case scenario, you get to like three or four for one scenarios. And like once that happens, you're so far behind. Whereas with this one, 
uh, with the attached units, they come back to your hand. So uh, you don't get that two for one really bad feeling. So I do like that design from a card player uh, standpoint. And with this one, you know, giving a unit quick attack, like that's nothing to scoff at. Like for two mana, like a permanent plus one plus one and quick attack buff is not bad. Yeah, Uh, usually quick attack would require you to be, you know, a champion. (laughs) <laughs> that's true you could play this onto non-champions and make them feel like champions <laughs> like eat your heart out lucian uh but the, um now of course for us the i love the app i love the flavor text on this card so much uh because again like This story is definitely a bit more fun, uh, and this kind of spells out the fun because it it is a picture of a very angry-looking scroll. Yeah. And the flavor text on it is spelling out, so the scroll is writing this down, and so it spells out, where's Nora? Uh, So it's a direct quote from the mouse steward. And it goes, <laughs> W-A-G-E, where's Nora? Oh, dear. What should I tell it? <laughs> and, it was like, and that just like perfectly sums up like all of the characters here. Like they're all like hyper. They're all very hyperactive. They're very outgoing characters. They have tons of personalities, even if that personality is one dimensional, which mm-hmm. makes for entertaining content as far as just like the characters. These are characters that you want to watch and you want to learn more about. So when we talk about that, the Yumi story is kind of, you know, middle of the road. It's more that, you know, there's we don't have enough of the content there. Like the characters, we got them. We we got like some fun characters. We just need yeah. more content. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of content, let's get right into it. So the title of this episode is The Jungle Book. And oh. as we mentioned, we're talking about Yumi here, even though there'll be good mentions of Nora, um, who Nora's an interesting character because she doesn't exist in the game of League of Legends yet. She does exist in Legends of Runeterra as a champion card, but she doesn't have any specific lore yet, and we'll explain why. So with Yumi, we start in the outlands of Bandle City. So we're back in Bandle City, although, you know, Hetch may like that we're not dealing directly with a Yordle here. It's more indirect since Yumi is a cat, uh, a magical being of Bandle City. I will take a cat over a Yordle any (laughs) any day of the week. (laughs) And Yumi is the protector of her owner, Nora. As I mentioned, Nora is in Legends of Runeterra, but outside of that, you won't really see her um, yet. They're probably planning on doing more in the future, uh, maybe an event of some sort. But Yumi was born with magical powers, and she uses these to assist Nora during their adventures. And how do they do these adventures? So um, I wanted to make a note real quick to remind you guys, we have plenty of Vandal City episodes. I'll give you more... um, insight into the world or the part of Bandle City because it is another realm. Uh, and with this realm, the portals to travel between Bandle City and Runeterra occur almost randomly, and some of them have specific spots, but those spots are finicky. And the caveat here is that Nora possesses the Book of Thresholds, and this allows her to travel to anywhere depicted in its pages. So they travel on a whim. Nora opens the book, And her and Yumi dive into it, to the glowing pages, and they appear in that place. And then the book soon after will reappear behind them in this new location. And that's how they use, that's that's their way of travel. 
That's their way of motive at the moment. And this is a very big deal because for the most part, like the, the way, you know, and we've discussed this a lot in our other Yordle episodes, like the Bandal city or like the Bandal region, it is constantly in flux. So even these like other Yordles beings that were essentially born and raised in Bandal city, they don't have a consistent means of getting in and out uh, into the material realm. But Nora does, and specifically through the book. And this is the only instance that we have of a consistent in and out. Uh, and the other Yordles, like uh, uh, Poppy is probably like the easiest one to point out, where they know where the portals are, but they don't know if the portal is going to be open when they get there. They don't really know like if the portal's going to open or they'll know how the portal opens, but they don't know if that's going to happen. Like it doesn't happen every time. Whereas for Nora and all of these things are out the window and that's what makes like the, this a very important story as far as to the region of Bandle city as a whole. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we'll dive into the rest of the story yeah. so you can see what I'm talking about. Yeah, because we are living in a material realm, and I'm just a I'm material, a material Yumi. <laughs> <laughs> you went with the book. We're aging ourselves again. Oh, no. Um, oh, God, why are we like right. this? So one night, <laughs> Yumi returns home to their home. And she finds Nora's missing. And this is unusual because anything they do, they do together, right? I mean, Yumi's a support character. <laughs> so in a panic, she rushes over to Nora's desk and notices that the book is open as usual, but there are pages torn out of it. That's unusual. And she doesn't really speak a language of sorts. So she just yells out book and the book begins wiggling and communicating with Nora or with uh, Yumi, sorry, in a sort of telepathic way. Uh, despite being unable to speak, it's like it's conveying how it feels to Yumi directly. And this is new for Yumi because mainly Nora interacts with the book. And Yumi discovers that Nora had traveled to some place through the book, but it was so perilous that as she traveled there, the portals in which the book would follow were destroyed as she traveled, therefore represented as these pages being torn out. Um, and this feels like some antics you would see Zillion go through. <laughs> yeah, th this is straight up like a Zillion, like clown fiesta kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> Zillion but clown I, fiesta, another good Midwest band name. I, hey, not a, no, it's not because I took it. It's mine. <laughs> That's not a good name for anyone else. But but no, like th th these are like the antics that like you know like that Zillion would go through. But it's also very interesting to see that you because uh, we do get to learn here that like Nora has the means of kind of tampering with these portals. Um, like because before this, you know, we just know that it's like the book is how they're able to travel as much as they do and consistently. But um, like, is it something as simple as, you know, like Nora just like ripping out a page like on her way through the portal and being like, oh, well, no. Or does Nora have like the abilities of interacting with the portals that surround all of the realm of Runeterra? And is that the way that she was able to do that? And the like 
these are going to be interesting questions that need to be answered at some point, especially when the more that we get to dive into like the world of Arcane, because Arcane, that whole the whole buildup of Jace and his prominence in Piltover is off of the ability of making the hex gates, and which are essentially portals. So if there's someone out there who can like consistently manipulate them, you know, Piltovians are going to want that. They're, like, <laughs> they're going to want that. Uh, so it's like, it's very interesting of like, okay, like how, how did these pages come out and everything? But that is more of a story of like, hopefully we get to learn more about Nora. Cause right now it's just Yumi being like, okay, well I got to find my carry. Where, where did my carry go? <laughs> I am, I am support. I need to find my carry and book being like, bet I'll help you find her. <laughs> yeah. So, and Yumi now becomes, uh, she has a mission, right? A mission without Nora, which is to find Nora and she'll do so using the powers of the book. So, Although the pages that Nora traveled through are lost, Yumi can use the other areas around them uh, in those other pages to go to those locations and help search. Because she has like Nora's scent and there's a magical connection between her, Nora, and the book. So they can use that as they get closer to kind of use it as a beacon, right? And Yumi becomes the new keeper of the book and she vows, okay, my goal is to find Nora and keep it out of the clutches, as Hetch mentioned, of anyone else with ill intent, uh, because if the book falls into the wrong hands, the wielder would have unfettered access to Bandal City. And if you've listened to like our Tristana episodes uh, and our Ziggs episodes, how they are essentially like their own militias to prevent anything coming in the Bandal City uh, with ill intent, which there's historical um, evidence of people finding their way there. Uh, and then, you know, their eyes kind of going wide as, oh, opportunity. There's oil in these hills. Um that's what they want to avoid. <laughs> America. <laughs> and we've had enough cataclysmic events in Runeterra. Let's try to keep Bandal City as one hopeful area. Uh, I for don't want to like, like it, I, <laughs> I'm all for Yumi's journey here because we have to keep this book safe because I cannot imagine going up to the double digits of our ruinations. All right. <laughs> like, I can't keep up with the number of ruinations we've introduced already. Okay. I, so we don't need more. Um, now I, I do like as far as when we get into like the end of the bio here, because it's like, yeah, like we have to go and find uh, Nora and we can't let the book fall into the wrong hands. It's like, yes, these are very important points. Uh, and then it starts off like describing some of this, journey that they go on and the journey is just book doing its best to find Nora while Yumi reminds everybody that Yumi's a cat <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's constantly referencing how she would rather just play because that's what she's used to uh, but book kind of plays the straight guy in this comedy and is constantly keeping her on track of like, no, we're here to find Nora. And also, I'm a very valuable thing. Do not let me get torn up, ruined, etc. And as they're seeking out Nora on this journey, this is where we start to get some of our crossovers. So one of the first and one of her favorite that she comes into contact with is the big lovable Brom. Um, listen to our Brom episode. This is post when he gets the door. So now he has the door as the shield. And there was one instance where she was helping him during a hailstorm that was created by some snow spirits. And then he thanked her with fish. 
And that put him at the top of the list of her goats. <laughs> yep. The, uh, and then we also get uh, a glimpse of tracking down Nora's scent into a uh, into a catacomb under Sharima. And the scent leads to a broken piece of blue pottery that looked like one of Nora's teapots. But before Yumi and the book can, you know, try to investigate further into what happened to the teapot or to Nora, they get attacked by some beast that is burrowing under the sands and Hmm. they barely escape from there. Something tells me that it was purple in nature (laughs) (laughs) and had a fat dumpy. The, the, you know, like they just see this creature burst out from the sands and then it's the core logo, podcast core <laughs> logo on the butt. Dumpy seal of approval. Bam. <laughs> we got to go. <laughs> so that brings it to the end. That's Yumi and Book and they continue their endless journey, uh, searching for Nora everywhere they can, picking up scents and meet new friends along the way. So let's talk about the card. Uh, as Mitch, uh, Mitch, as Hetch mentioned, Mitch, <laughs> Mitch, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> Continue. <Mitch. laughs> so as Hetch mentioned, <laughs> Yumi is a three cost two two. And she has attach, which is that keyword she introduced. At round start, you grant the unit I'm attached to plus one plus one. Otherwise, grant me plus one plus one instead. And to level up, I or the unit I'm attached to have attacked three plus times. Uh, I I enjoy cards like this. um, And it's a very easy reason as to why I enjoy cards like this. Infinite scaling. If you and your opponent both agree to just pass turn over and over again until like the servers crash, Yumi's going to get bigger every time. I love, I love stuff like this. Um, It it, it cooks itself. (laughs) Set it and forget it. (laughs) Set it and forget it. Uh, and then like Yumi's level up is that, uh, is that I or the unit I'm attached to have attacked three plus times. Um, so leveling up Yumi is actually kind of hard because, you know, there's a lot of ways as far as preventing this, the unit from attacking, whether it be by having like a decent blocker out, having a stun or just having kill spells, you know, like, and it's not that, um, like if you have a way, like even if it's attached to a unit, you know, Yumi's going to go back to hand, but that means that the counter, you know, starts over again. Yeah. So uh, like I, I think that like Yumi's in a very healthy place as far as like the level up, because l- once Yumi's leveled up, it is uh, three, three with spell shield. Yeah. And still have the same effect of like, you know, uh, the round start getting the plus one plus one. Uh, and adding that spell shield on top, yeah, that's uh, it, it, Yumi was already going to be a big threat because you know infinite scaling. Now uh, you're going to have to two for one yourself yep. to get rid of the Yumi if Yumi flips. So it's a great it, value I, card. I, oh yeah, like an absolutely great value card. But again, 
just like in the game of League of Legends, you don't really want to be playing Yumi by herself. You know, like it playing Yumi by herself in Runeterra is definitely a lot better than in League of Legends. Yeah. Uh, Jungle Yumi. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Let's queue up right now. <laughs> oh god, there there's so many League of Legends players out there right now that just like had a shiver go down their spine. Just like, <laughs> but what's the, my, the what's cool my jungler is, doing this game? Oh. <laughs> As always, the point we like to focus on though is that the attached function being how they represent her fits properly across the lore, and also the spell shield makes sense as we'll talk about in the story after this episode. Um, and she was played a lot with, as Hetch foreshadowed in some future episodes, Pantheon. Um, but the story here is still reflected. We have the quote on the first side of the card that says, Yumi did have to admit that for all of her fussing, she did like book quite a lot. She liked its smell. She liked its illustrations. She even liked jumping through its portals, but nothing was as good as just having Nora back home safe and sound, which that's kind of sad, right? Uh, when it flips, though, it's a whole different energy where it says, yet with each new portal came new adventures, and with each new adventure came a chance to make new friends. It's like, does Yumi have BPD? <laughs> no, no, Yumi does not have BPD. All cats have BPD. Like, that's that's the difference. All right, like that's the determining factor. This is just uh, Yumi's just a representation of all cats here. That's a good point. Um, but I, I I do like the front side of the card because the, the quote there, because, you know, that is the driving force like they uh, and when we dive into the next story, we'll even, you know, kind of spell out more that it's like, you know, Book and Yumi on paper don't get along well, but they become very good friends. And it's because they're bonded by the the journey of finding Nora. Yeah. So that like that, that front side is very important because it's like, yeah, no, no, I like. Uh, it's like I like what's going on, and the backside to an extent too is like you know I'm having adventures, I'm meeting new friends, I'm having a good time, but there, I can't forget the goal, and the goal is to bring Nora home, finding yeah. Private Nora. <laughs> <laughs> and to wrap this up, so that's pretty much the end of the Yumi stuff. But like we said, Yumi's story is not a lot. It's very simple, it's straightforward. The goal here is to make her feel like a main character. And we do get some growth here as she's going on these adventures because, you know, being with Nora so much, you don't get to meet a lot of new people. Uh, so she's forced outside of her bubble, quote unquote, um, to interact with these new beings. And she's gaining some worldliness. She's traveling. It, it, it's, it's a freeing moment, although there's some sadness because she wants to know where Nora is. Um, one part I really like is the representation of how Nora got lost. Like the concept of going to a place so, you know, um, tragic or perilous that as you're traveling, the portals behind you are getting destroyed is almost like a Doctor Strange-esque adventure, which is really cool um, to visualize. Mm -hmm. So that scene like really sticks out to me. Yeah, I, I'm, I like the Doctor Strange um, look at it because, again, like uh, I get the vibe that it was like Nora is the one destroying the portals because like Nora yeah. is like jumping through it and Nora's looking at it and like, 
oh shit and it's just like okay i can't let this get anywhere yep. near bandal she's city turning the pages so, that's super cool so she's she's like the one destroying the portals but again it's more of a thing of like is it as simple as just tearing a piece of paper out of a book or is there something deeper that goes on there like that's a question that I that is in my mind that we don't have the answers to. Only Zillion this. has the answer. He's currently in between times. So, <laughs> he, I mean, he's just disco dancing in between times too. Like he, he's just can't Killy and the Zillion just going off, having the time of his life, like of his many lives. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but with that. I love how our number one theory for like Arcane is like where the fuck is Zillion? Because we know he's there. Yep. <laughs> he's he's everywhere. Like where is Waldo? He's every when. Oh, oh shut up. In the no. show. In the episode. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> it's late. Etch <laughs> is hungry. Uh, we appreciate it as always. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon <laughs> with the next episode, which will be episode 100 symbolically. Uh, <laughs> get, get ready for Woo! it. <laughs> oh, I hate it here. All right. <laughs> Take care, everybody. <laughs>